is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. This is Chris Gunty, Associate Publisher and Editor of the Catholic Review. With us today on Catholic Review Radio is Daniel Markham, who is striving to attend Mass in all 50 states, plus the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico. He will compile his journeys into a book called 52 Masses that is expected to be published in late 2022. Daniel Markham is a lifelong Catholic who lives in Tinley Park, Illinois with his wife, Kim. He's a parishioner of St. Gerald Parish in Oak Lawn, which is just a couple miles from where I grew up in hometown Illinois. So uh, we're, we're kind of neighbors in that way. We sat down to chat with Daniel at Our Lady of the Fields in Millersville, where he visited the Archdiocese of Baltimore to notch his Maryland Mass. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Hi, thank you for having me. What motivated you to come up with this project? Well, I, initially I think I thought I, I came up with the idea, but in retrospect and uh, after having as many experiences as I had, I realized that the idea was really planted in me. Uh, I think the Holy Spirit was at work. This is just what, what I think I've been called to do. I was basically striving along and I thought about in a parish that my oldest son and I had attended when he was in high school. It was a parish built by Lithuanian immigrants and he liked to go to mass in, uh, that were offered in foreign languages. So I was reminded of it and I th initially the idea was I should attend Mass in all the parishes in our diocese, which was the Gary Diocese. And no sooner than that idea uh, left, and I said, no, I should attend Mass in all 50 states in the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico. That's 52. I could do it in a year. And, and by the time I got home, I, I had the, the idea for the book was, was in my head. And, and I just uh, kind of pinpointed, targeted 2021 to do it, um, because that's when my youngest son would have been graduate, would have, had graduated high school. And uh, obviously, uh, COVID kind of laughed at my hubris to think I, I, I would just get going right away. So I, I started instead in, um, in June when, uh, at the time, things were looking really clear. Yeah. And I said, I'm just going to get going, and, and that's what I did. So my, my expectation is I'll probably finish up sometime in August of next year. And so so we're, we're about six months into this. Yeah. Um, how far have you gotten in the question? And... How has COVID and the pandemic affected you? Uh, I'm, this is my 22nd parish today, uh, and so I'll have 24 by year's end. Um, and then I'll take December, January off just because I don't want to um, try to schedule something and then not be able to get out of Chicago in right. January. Sure. Uh, I'm sorry, the second part of that was... So, yeah, so uh, how has the pandemic... Oh, yes, you absolutely. Yeah, them? absolutely. Uh, there's some places that I still can't go um, or may never go. Um, I, you know, one of the locations I wanted, I'd, I'd like to attend was the Little Sisters of the Poor 
uh, nursing home in New Mexico. I'll write about their work. Uh, but I don't know that I'll ever get in, um, quite honestly. You know, the, it, you know, I don't know that I'll ever be able to, they'll ever be able to hold visitors during the time frame. Uh, so I may have to go in a different direction there. There's other places where I might have been able to go now, but I don't think it's responsible to, to go until things look a little better. Uh, you know, anything re related to health care, a couple of other places that, you know, that just, you know, may, may just not be the, the best idea right now. So, sure. so it's, it's definitely affected things in a lot of ways, uh, as it's affected all of us, um, including, you know, I mean, one of the stories I ended up writing was based on technology and how we've adapted it to, uh, to meet the new, you know, that, that we needed in during COVID, but also what we'll do going forward as a way of using it to, to better serve our, you know, our communities. Mm -hmm. There's about 17,000 Catholic parishes in the United States. How are you narrowing that down to 52? Okay. I mean, you're, you're not going to all cathedrals and basilicas. No, nope. You're going to what we would call normal parishes. Yes. Uh, so it there's there wasn't a lot of art to it. In 2018, uh, I started sending out emails first to all the bishops and the archbishops explaining what I was doing, that I had the blessing of my bishop and as well as my uh, my my parish priest. And then I just started sending out emails to all of the parishes in the country with an email address and said, this is what I'm doing. If you think you have something that would make a good addition to the book, just let me know. And what I did was as, as the replies came in, um, and obviously some states I get a lot of replies, New York, you know, uh, a lot, and then other places, none. <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, uh, you know, and, and I have no idea how many of these went to dead email addresses right, or, right. Or, or spam boulders or anything like that. So, but I just... What I tried to do was then just balance the types of stories that I was writing. So I had a, a really good cross-section of, in terms of uh, uh, ethnicities, in terms of age, in terms of, uh, in terms of a, a, an urban parish and a, a rural parish or a suburban parish, really trying to tell as diverse a story as possible. Uh, sometimes I would be writing about ministries, uh, in other times, I might be writing about evangelical efforts. In other times, uh, you know, uh, efforts to evangelize. In other times, I might just write about it. Be, there might be an individual um, or history. There are all the different ways um, that that we're living our faith as Catholics. Sure. And, and that's really the idea behind behind the book is just that's what I want to do. I want to tell as broad a picture as possible of, of who we are as a Catholic people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's 117,000 stories out there's there. Yes, every, yeah, and I've, and I've said, you know, I, if, if someone else were to do this exact same thing and do the exact same process and get the exact same responses from people, they could pick 52 different parishes to visit. There's just so many stories. There's so many different ways that, that we as Catholics live our, our live our faith and and pursue that and and promote it and advance it that you know yeah there's 52 is just the number I chose but it really could uh, you know you could you could do it you know you could do it 52 per state I mean there's just there's that many stories to tell Absolutely. and so what did you what made you select Our Lady of the Fields here in Millersville Maryland as part of the Archdiocese of Baltimore? Uh, I just got a really nice uh, email informing me about Deacon Ed Stoops' program uh, that he's been doing for 30 years, uh, breaking bread with the home with the hungry um, every Friday night for 30 years, except for the early days of COVID. He leaves from here to go to Baltimore and uh, and meets at uh, St. Vincent de Paul Parish there, right uh, in downtown Baltimore, and they 
provide uh, food and other necessities to uh, the you know the people who are in need in in the city and uh, and he's been doing it for decades and he really forms a connection with the men and women that they serve you know he shares it in in every bulletin uh, here at the parish so uh, it's it's uh, it's a wonderful uh, it's wonderful work that he does and the, as well as the people at uh, St. Vincent de Paul and I was blessed to to have. Uh, to be able to help them a little bit last night when I when I went to to experience that so that's it was just a it was one that I immediately was was attracted to uh, because of that you know that I mean 30 years is a is a long time to be doing you know to be committing yourself every Friday night um, so I was just I was moved by uh, by his commitment and his compassion uh, and uh, it was it was really a, a, a joy to, to to see him last night and and just uh, you could see how much he means to the people that that he serves and how much they mean to him. It was, a, it was an excellent choice, I think. And in a way, you get to do two parishes because then you're able oh to yes, yeah, yeah, yeah that was that it, as well as our Lady of the Field. Yeah, that's the there's place. really that's I don't know if I'll do that anywhere else. Um, there's places where I'm doing like a tri parish community, right. you know, so I'll go go a couple of different places. But but that was a little different because it's two very you know distinct parishes, different pastors, different you know that that just kind of come to co- together for this for this project for this program. Uh, so yeah, that that was a little. It's a little unique in in that regard that I uh, that are, there's there's two specific parishes that I'm that I'll be kind of profiling. <laughs> well, after the break, we're going to talk some more with Daniel Markham about his 52 masses journey. This is Chris Gunty, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Catholic hospitals in the Archdiocese of Baltimore are being hit by medical and clinical staffing shortages and other challenges as the surge in COVID-19 cases continues filling emergency rooms throughout the state. Since late November, a surge in COVID-19 cases has caused a quarter of Maryland's hospitals to transition from a contingency to a crisis standard of care. University of Maryland St. Joseph Medical Center in Towson and Mercy Medical Center in Baltimore are among those hospitals that have moved into a crisis standard of care. According to Bob Atlas, President and CEO of the Maryland Hospital Association, as of January 3rd, hospitals in Maryland surpassed caring for 3,100 COVID-19 patients. At least 80% of the COVID-19 patients in the hospitals are unvaccinated or not fully vaccinated, Atlas said. He noted that Maryland is facing the steepest increase in infections since the start of the pandemic. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. The Maryland Catholic Conference is holding a virtual town hall on reform for the state's youth justice system on January 12th, which is also the opening day for the Maryland General Assembly's 2022 legislative session. 
Baltimore Archbishop William E. Lurie, State Senator Jill P. Carter, and Delegate Sandy Bartlett will be joined by James Dold, CEO of Human Rights for Kids, and Crystal Williams of the Maryland Office of the Public Defender to discuss how youths are treated in the justice system. Andre Hepkins of WBAL-TV will moderate the conversation, and Reverend Marlon Tillman, pastor of Ames United Methodist Church, will lead the opening prayer. The town hall will be streamed live on Facebook Live and YouTube. For more information, visit catholicreview.org. From the virtual newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm George Matisek. Every child enters the world with limitless potential. Potential of mind. Potential of body. Potential of spirit. If there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day, where the limits of greatness, once unseen, could now be within reach. Catholic Schools Rise Above. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. We're back on Catholic Review Radio. This is Chris Gunty, and I'm talking with Daniel Markham about his quest to attend Mass in all 50 states, plus the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico, for a project he calls 52 Masses. He's going to turn that into a book, and that's going to be available late in 2022. Daniel, let's talk about some of the nitty-gritty details <laughs> of the journey. I know you're flying to some of these places, but you're probably hitting the road for a lot of the stuff in the Midwest. How many miles have you logged so far? How many oh, in the car? How many by there? Uh, well, I've only, I'm only, as far as I know, at this point, I'm only flying to the places that you would assume I had to fly to. So I flew to Puerto Rico la last month. Uh, I went there for the 500th anniversary of the cathedral. Um, I'll be flying to Alaska and Hawaii, and I think I may uh, double up. So I may fly to Alaska, then Hawaii, and then home, just to save myself one 18-hour flight. Uh, um, Everywhere else, I'm expecting to drive. I, I made one trip out west already. I went to, to California as part of like a larger western swing of, of four different parishes. Um, I think uh, I'll do a, um, the Pacific Northwest in one sweep. And so, so it's fortunately, living in Chicago, it, it's, uh, it's a little bit easier to pull this off uh, than it would be on one of the coasts because uh, you know there's a lot of places I can go on a weekend. So it does it does make it a little bit more manageable from from where I live. <laughs> Your poor car. My poor car. Yeah. Well, it's fairly new, so that's uh, it won't be when I'm done. No, that's, yeah. that's for sure. So talk to me about Alaska and, and Hawaii. What, okay. What what are you hoping to see there, and how are you, how are you going to do that? Well, uh, Alaska, I'm going out to the—I'll uh, be flying there, um, and I'll be flying out to Dillingham, which is in the far southwest corner, and there I'll be uh, um, visiting with uh, Father Scott, who has to fly his own uh, plane to serve the villages in the area. I'm terrified, but when he invited me, I couldn't pass that up. Uh, it was just a— you know that's just a great story, so I had to I had to do it. But it, it is it is scary. Um, Hawaii, uh, I'm writing about a young adult ministry uh, that that's very successful um, on Oahu. Um, but I was also uh, it was also uh, pointed out I might I may be able to attend mass uh, 
at uh, St. Damien's Church on Molokai. They're, they're the gentleman I was uh, that I that I was working with uh, says that they're they're close with the the woman who runs the, the the parish there, and they might be able to get me out there for mass. So that would be extraordinary uh, if that could happen. But uh, uh, th- those are the yeah those that's where I'll be going for there. And but everywhere else is a, is a little bit. Uh, more manageable everywhere in the states. Puerto Rico is pretty easy, actually, but but uh, yeah, those are pretty far. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I visited Alaska many years ago. Oh, we uh, were doing a project with the archdiocese. I, oh, I okay. Had the invitation of the archbishop, and the archbishop took us up in his plane one morning. Yeah, and uh, and that's kind of pretty common. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Like the, in the old days of the West, they yeah, would have ridden on horses and done the horse circuit and, and done all of that, covered a bunch of parishes, you know, on the road. The priests in in Alaska do that all the time yeah. by plane. Yeah, yeah. the distances are so great. It's, yeah, and there's just, the roads don't don't exist necessarily. So, but I'm doing it in the summer when I when there hopefully the, the 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 plane travels a little easier. That would be a, a helpful thing, I imagine. Yeah, I don't want to do it in the snow. <laughs> As you go through this, what what was the first parish parish that you visited, and do you have an idea who the last parish will be? The first parish was, and it was just kind of. Uh, out of convenience, uh, it was in New Hampshire. Um, and But what was actually neat about it was it was just right across the lo- state line from where my father grew up. So before I went to Mass in New Hampshire, I went to my dad's old church, which I had never been to before in Lowell, Massachusetts. So uh, that kind of kicked off uh, the, the actual trip. Um, the last one I've, I've always known, it would be the parish that I was attending when I, when when this started in Indiana. And I, the last parish uh, will be about how the experiences affected me. That's that's kind of always how I envisioned it ending was coming back home. Now it's no longer my home parish because a lot of things have changed since I since the but but it was everything since everything was already in the works. I had already chosen an Illinois parish that it made sense to just continue. And I I mean I, we were there for 15 years. My wife was the principal. My kids all graduated from there. It's still in many ways my home parish. So sure. it, it's uh, it, it's 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 still uh, uh, you know very close to. To my heart as as my parish so that's that's where that's where it, it will end yeah for sure what are you learning as you go through this oh gosh uh, that's the, i think that was the first thing that really surprised me was how much i'm learning uh along the way uh, i just remember the the one of the first weekends i i, I spent uh at the directory in in kansas with uh with father bernie and and we stayed up late into the evening talking and it was just this wonderful lesson, you know, because I'm I'm very much a lay Catholic. I, I I don't, you know, I didn't go to I didn't even go to you know Catholic school like my children did. I was a public school kid and uh, a CCD student, not not a terribly good one <laughs> growing up. So, uh, you know, so I don't necessarily have the the same, uh, you know, kind of knowledge base that that a lot of uh, even other lay Catholics do. So I'm learning so much along the way. One of the first, very first things I learned was really just the way that the the priests' uh, own backgrounds and own histories um, really affect their their ministry, their uh, their views, their outlook, and and how it how how it reflects in uh, you know in their homilies and, and their work. Uh, and and that have the the very first weekend I was you know I basically attended three masses because I I'll, you know I typically will go to more than one if if it's available. And so I had three different priest delivering a homily on the same subject and each one of them addressed it approached it in a different way each equally valid and insightful but 
in in entirely different perspectives and it you know i'm sure the perspectives come largely based on their own histories their own their own backgrounds and so it was really enlightening because most of the time we just get one homily a week and so we don't really i you know i don't think i'd really you know thought too much about how it can so you know the you know the same the same gospel a message can be not necessarily interpreted differently, but but something else highlighted from it and pulled out of it to really uh, uh, instruct you know instruct us and and that was that was probably the first thing I learned. But gosh, there's just it's it's a it's a never ending uh, um, lesson uh, as as I go, and and that's that's been one of the one of the the kind of the the secret joys of it is is just how much I've learned along the way. I, I mean, I knew I would, but more than I I, I anticipated. I think. Mm-hmm. I imagine you had younger priests, older priests, priests in the middle of their careers. I mean, how has that? Have you noticed a difference in the way they break open the word? Oh, I don't. Um, not not in not in any way that you would I would be able to like say, oh, you know, this type of priest does. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't. Um, you know, they obviously have, you know, different life experiences, different, uh, you know, perspectives that they come from, different, you know, basically philosophies, that sort of thing. Um, so I do hear, you know, I'll do hear things that, you know, you can tell this is, you know, someone who really values and this is someone who really is strong in, you know, this aspect of ministry. And then there's someone else who, you know, uh, who's, you know, maybe more, uh, you know, moral, uh, more have a different focus, different strength, and so you see that as well. And uh, it's it's just a, um, I, I, it's a really it's a joy, and it's 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 a it's something that uh, I think it really opened my eyes in a way that um, to um, just the the breadth of of the church and 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 the people who who serve it. Mm-hmm. Um, how do, how do you see this affecting your spirituality and your understanding of the church? Well, that's you're getting a really big dose. Yeah, of, of the church in the United States. Yeah, and that's I mean you know I obviously have you know I, I goals for the book, but you know kind of running concurrently with that is I you know when I when I set out I I my objective is I want to come home a better Catholic, a better husband. A better father, and and just a better person altogether, and and so, you know, obviously I can't be the judge of that. That the, the, you know whether I'm 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 a, a better man is is something that my wife or my children could answer much. I do feel um, different. I feel um, more at peace. I feel more understanding of. Of, uh, of 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 those around me, and I, I I I particularly have that feeling as I'm on the road, and it's important then then to to continue to develop that and take that and carry what the the experience is is generate is is producing in me, and make sure that it carries all the way through to you know forever that that it doesn't it doesn't end on Tuesday afternoon because I get frustrated about something that I want this this experience uh, this this the spirituality to to be ongoing this growth we've got just a little bit of time left has there been one experience so far that just really has opened yes. your eyes <laughs> or uh, 
or had a, had a big impact on you? Yeah, I, when I was in North Dakota, I went to St. Gianna's Maternity Home. So it's a home for uh, women in crisis pregnancies um, who may be feeling pressure to abort from outside forces. The, you know, they, they come in difficult circumstances. And I spent the weekend there, and it was, uh, I mean, I knew going in it was going to be one of the most uh, um, inspiring and, and, uh, and meaningful play experiences. Um, but it turned out to be even more so uh, when uh, one of the young ladies um, who I was interviewing, uh, one of the, the mothers, a young mother, actually um, asked, uh, I thought we were done with the interview, and she said, no, no, we need to talk some more. And, and then she proceeded to ask me questions about being a husband and, and how do you stay, how do you stay, you know, keep from getting bored and how do you trust your partner and all the questions that she had because she wants to be a good mother and she wants to be, you know, she wants to, to find, uh, find a, a, a husband that she can, that she can grow with. And, and she saw in me is someone who's been, you know, who probably, she didn't encounter a lot of people along the way who had provided a good, uh, you know, foundation, a good role model for, you know, for, for that kind of healthy family life. And so the opportunity to, to possibly, help this woman, um, you know, to give her hope, to, to give her some insight into how it is possible to, to have a healthy family life. Wow, that was just uh, an experience I never anticipated, but is one I'll never forget. That's awesome. That is just a great way to, to look at this whole journey. We have been talking today with Daniel Markham about his journey to attend 52 masses. That's one in every state plus D.C. and Puerto Rico over the course of, it'll be a little over a year. A little over a year. By the time you get done with it. You can follow his quest at 52masses.com. That's 52masses.com. Thank you so much, Daniel, for being with us today. Thank you. Appreciate it. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Review Radio. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow The Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.